Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the CFC Talk podcast. I'm, it's me, Alex. I'll be your host for tonight. Looking over the satisfying win over Crystal Palace, and I should gotta say, we definitely needed that after the couple of after after the recent results. I'm joined tonight by my usual co-host Amart. It's man, it's great to have you on again. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to be on. <laughs> let's let's part through this without Mohammed. <laughs> oh, it it's it. There's definitely a Mohammed-sized hole in in our podcasting lineup, and whilst is. Yeah, whilst his exams do are important, I do think I would I would have loved to have him on for to just to, to have to look over this amazing four 0 win, especially after the seeming I don't know. It seems like we've had a bit of negativity thrown around the club recently, uh, so it's it it's definitely brings a smile to my face when when you go out and beat a Palace side that wasn't that that has been informed. So yeah, Mark, how I've got to say how. How did this result coming out coming out of the game? How did that make you feel? Yeah, and it was the first game. Usually, when Chelsea plays first um, in the in the league, probably eleven thirty. This this eleven thirty twelve thirty games. It it detects how my day goes. So if we win, my day is okay. Even though I might have good news and stuff during that day. If Chelsea wins in the morning, it puts it puts like a. a bad cloud over my day but when Chelsea wins everything is just sunshine and roses and today was one of those days we 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 did very well I didn't really expect a performance like that but we were in full we were in full control of the game from first half to second half and I was excited I was excited with the with the win speaking of sunshines and roses I definitely would buy a rose for Ben Chilwell I was just so happy it was I can't I think most Chelsea fans can say the same that our new signings particularly tonight really or I mean to be fair you could say Mendy didn't have much to do but it I think the day was all about Ben Chilwell uh, and to some extent I guess Jorginho with his fantastic penalties but yeah the the result really I think just made the day of every Chelsea fan, uh, especially after all the results. And I gotta say, I don't think our early kickoff record is that good. I don't know. I have lots of bad memories of us losing to Everton or something in the um, on early kickoffs. So I, I, I'm not so much of a fan of. Well, no, I guess for the for fans who live in unlucky time zones, it's it's not the best uh, experience. But I don't know. I'll take a three o'clock kickoff <laughs> over this one. <laughs> But yeah, I got. I mean, speaking of Chilwell and I mean Lampard giving the de- giving his uh, the Premier League debuts out to Mendy and Chilwell. What were your impressions uh, on the on the starting lineup? Yeah, the lineup. There was one. There was one surprise in the lineup, which was um, I think actually actually two surprises. Um, Aspi in for Reese, and then Mount um, dropped this time, giving a bit of a rest, a deserved rest. I'll, I'll I'll add because he's played all our games if I'm if I'm not mistaken, and he deserved it. He deserved to rest in this game. He deserved to have a break. So, apart from and then Pulisic on the bench was also nice to see. Very 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 nice to have him back. Probably our next game Ziyech should be back for us, and then we can have a full squad again. But yeah, um, we saw the new boys: Thiago Silva, Mendy, Chilwell. 
Havertz and Werner all in the, all in one game. So that alone was very, very exciting. So just top it off with Pulisic and then Ziyech in our next game. Then we'll have all these players back and playing together. It's something that I didn't think I'll see this season. I'll see often this season, but it looks like it's, get, it's becoming a reality. So that lineup was okay for me. And yeah, I think it was okay. Yeah, I think given the, circum- given the circumstances of Mount having uh, not the best day at the office and needing some rest for this one, I, I mean, personally, I think it was probably the almost, I think, given the personnel and the condition of like how Pulisic is still getting back into the game and how Kova, I think, played a full 90, I think, against Spurs. I think it was, pro- to me, it was the perfect lineup. I guess you could say, Reece, you could argue that Reese James would have been nice to have Reese James on to, for a bit more attacking threat, but when we score four goals without Reese James's crossing ability, I gotta say it's uh, a really. Hard, I mean, it's it's a good sight for sure because we seem to rely a lot on his crossing ability. So it's it's a sight for sore eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And with and with and with the sorry, and with the crossing ability um, issue, you see, last season we didn't really have that many players who could cross um, a ball into that box. Um, I think it was only Reese that was doing that, and then and then no one was at the end to finish them. So this season, fortunately, we have Chilwell with some excellent crosses, and soon we'll have Ziyech also as well, with, with also, who is very, very good at crossing the ball. So yeah, we, we, we have an abundance of talent this season, and I'm just excited to see what we can do. I am too. I mean, uh, we'll get to the we'll get to the international break and beyond um, towards the end of the episode. But I gotta say, I mean, when you score four goals without uh, Hakim Ziyech and you still got all the new signings coming in, it's uh, this result. Uh, it's just it means a lot more than just getting a win. It's it's kind of put us back on a positive path, I think. And yeah, things are only going to come up from here. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, going past the lineup and get, we'll get into the first half. It it seemed a bit, I don't know. It we were creating a couple of chances, but just yeah, it wasn't really happening. And apparent, I mean, I saw Sport Bible, um, which is just I think it's one of those typical Facebook pages for sport Facebook pages that has uh, quite a following. They wrote they wrote an article on Chilwell after thirty minutes of the first half, saying how. Uh, he would like he had played really badly he had, and then sorry saying that he had played really badly and that he uh be- because and they put it down to the fact that he couldn't speak the french language <laughs> and then <laughs> in an hour and a half or hour or so he puts in a goal assist and man of the match performance oh it's just satisfying. <laughs> yeah i i i, I think I, I tried to stay off twitter in the first half but after the first half i checked and i saw Skorka. Skorka also did a, a similar Skorka football on um, uh, Twitter things and, and analysis and stats um, page. They put on they put on Twitter that um, uh, Chilwell has lost possession more than any other Chelsea player, like indicating that he had a bad performance in the first half. And I don't think he lost that that much possession because they had a lot of flack under 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 underneath the replies. Everybody was saying that no, that, that's not a good representation of the game because the reason why he lost the ball, he lost those, um, he had the most possessions lost, was because he was whipping crosses in that weren't 
um, reaching the the targets. So definitely those ones will count as lost possession. But it seems like there were a lot of people on Chilwell's case, especially with the stats websites and stuff like that. Like you said, the Sports Bible and all those ones. They were a lot. They were on Chilwell's case, but he turned them around, and they they had an they had. They, they kind of had an egg on their face because they brought back that option, that um, tweet that they posted and they were like, the motivation, this, this was the motivation Chilwell needed and people just blasted them underneath it. It was just nice to see because uh, he did very, very well. He, he, the first half, he was one of the few players that impressed me the most because he was going forward and the energy he has, the energy and the space, the, the pace that he has, just, I've really, I haven't really seen a lot of that from him probably is because it's a new is in a new team, so he wants to give his best and um prove Lampard right. So yeah, but he really really impressed in the first half and the second half he was just excellent. Great, yeah, it's it's satisfying too when you're when when you've got that downers on your back. It's it's a it's quite an easy target when you have a fifty million price tag, and for, maybe he maybe he checked some tweets at half time, saw the sports bible article, and he was like, right. Um, <laughs> And, and <laughs> shut these guys up and get some goals. <laughs> but but moving forward, there were, we had a couple of good moments in the first half. There was one where I think Havertz was driving through the midfield and we had four guys, including Havertz. So Havertz was dribbling with the ball forward. And I think we had, there must have been Werner, Havertz, Tammy and hudson Adoy all sprinting forward towards yeah. the Palace defence. And then... Um, I don't know how Havertz even saw the ball to, if my, to Werner. He kind of played it. Where Werner had some space in front of him just outside the penalty box. Werner plays it. Sorry, Havertz played it into Werner and then Werner could only just shoot it right at the keeper. It was a bit bit frustrating, but it was nice to see. Um, it was good to see some of that Havertz decision-making, which I, I think he's, he's made a name for himself pretty much out of his really strong footballing IQ and obviously his goals and assists are... It was yeah. that was good to see, but we only—I mean, yeah. we had a couple of shots on target, but yeah. Anything else? Yeah, I think I—I I, I remember that chance. I think that I, I wrote that chance down here. I think it was in the 18th minute, and that was that was one of the few chances that we had to break on the counter because, um, Christopher is defend very very well. That wall that they had, that wall of defenders, they stood strong in throughout the first half. And they only broke down, they, they only um, opened up after Chilwell's goal. So, yeah, that was one of the, I think that was the only counter-attacking chance that we had. And Havertz, I don't know whether probably Werner was the right choice because um, Tammy was also free on his right. And Tammy, the pass to Tammy would have been shorter than the pass to Werner. But, yeah, like you said, Werner's um, shot on target was just disappointing because he could have at least probably... Um, Step to the right a bit and then place the better shot. And it, and it seems like, apart from the goal that he scored at uh, Spurs, it seems like most of his shots have been um, weak shots. Like his shots on targets have been weak shots. And probably, I think um, against West Brom, he had a, a, a cracking shot that was saved by the keeper, which was, which was also good. But we know him to have um, powerful shots, but we've not seen it yet. And with, with Werner, I think you take. He'll need more time to probably grow into himself in the Premier League. But for now, his performances are average. Oh, okay, this is not the winner that we know, but it's average. And 
we have time. We have time. And we have we we have to be patient with him. But that was a great chance too. And we like like you said, we also had another chance. Um, Tammy also had a chance in the seventh minute. Yeah, I think I wrote that one too down. And he it was a headed chance, and he he headed it a little bit wide, and also from across. I think it was Callum or Chilwa. One of them crossed the ball to him, and he headed it a bit wide. I think that was that was just one of the two of the few chances we had in the first half. Yeah, I think I think it was um, Hudson Odoi. I think or Callum who put it in uh, for. Okay. And I remember, and it was um, yeah, it was a bit, it was close. It was kind of a glancing header. But yeah, I agree with Verna, well, the Werner point. It's I think a lot of people will expect him. Oh, he's, he got like. A ridiculous number of goals in the Bundesliga, so he's automatically gonna do that for Chelsea. But it is a completely different system, and he is kind of basically being played as a left winger, which it's. It, I I I really can't wait for him to be played at central striker eventually because it's just he he's not a typical winger. He's just this kill. He's a killer at the end of the day. He's just this guy who's a striker that plays a bit on the left-sided, or a bit, he's a left-sided striker, really. Drifts a bit further wide, but he's he's not this creator, kind of playmaker guy. He's just this yeah. just whole killer. So, yeah, it's, it's I get it, it's, it's frustrating as well to, that he's not getting a ridiculous number of goals, but it's, there's no, there's not much pressure on him. It's, I mean, there is pressure, of course, because we paid good money for him, but it's not like, <laughs> it's not, he, he's got time, like you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then with, with the, you see, I think Lampard wants to continue playing Abraham. That's why he, um, Werner is playing on the left end. And I think Werner, he, he's been good on the left, but yeah, we all know his best position is as the main striker. But Lampard wants to, like, include Abraham in the mix somehow. But probably if Ziyech comes back, um, 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 Werner will move to the middle. And then um, Pulisic and um, Ziyech will be on his on his side. So I don't know. Probably it's because Ziyech isn't back. That's why he's playing there. So probably Ziyech comes back. He will move back to the middle. Then he can be rotated with Abraham. Yeah, I was about to ask you about yeah how how you saw how you would see lineup being affected or the attacking lineup at least being affected when Ziyech comes back and. For sure, it's. Got, I mean, considering the international break, we're going to have Ziyech coming back. Hopefully, match fit. We're going to have Pulisic coming back. It's and then I, I cannot wait for our for our game against Southampton when that we've got just after the break. It's it's going to be. Um, I don't know how we're going to be able to do our predicted lineups for that because it, let's be honest, it could be anything in attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. It looked like, it, at least at the start of the second half, we were definitely, I mean, we we're getting more shots on target for sure. And I don't know, maybe we just kind of went up a gear and started, I mean, to be fair, we did get a bit lucky with the penalties, but Hudson Odoi, I think in the second half, um, I think, would you agree that Hudson Odoi raised his game a bit in the second half when, when it came to taking people on? Yeah, yeah, I think he did. I think almost, almost everybody apart from Let's say Kai. Kai was already good in the first half, so he just maintained that standard. But Kai and Kante, they were good in the first half. Very, very good. A couple of other players were also good. But I think generally the team just raised their their game in the second half. And yeah, um, Callum was also one of those players that he took more players on. And I think there was this one cross that he made to Tammy after the 
second goal had already been scored. And that and then Tammy almost scored with that one. He took that defender on it. We're like, yeah, that is what a winger is supposed to do. That's something we we're not seeing from Mount and Werner because they are not natural wingers. So yeah, he did very, very well. He was one of the our standout performances. I agree. I mean, it was, I think it was he who oh, I can't remember who won the penalties actually. No, no, no. Um, the first one was won by Tammy, and the second one was won by Kai. Yes, yes, Kai. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, but I mean, even still, I thought, uh, yeah, I think we both agree that Hudson Doyle still raised his game, and like you say, Havertz, he was just he was great throughout his being um, running through in field, getting like making good decisions and doing well to win that penalty. I think he, I think he put, I can't remember if he put the ball through the Palace defender's legs. But yeah. yeah, yeah, he did, and then just yeah, expertly won with the pen. Yeah, I just, I just love to be honest. I just love seeing Havertz play. There's this kind of soothing way he play, he he plays. Um, there's this kind of comfortable, um, confident, um, gameplay from him. He doesn't rush. He 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 doesn't act um necessarily. He it was like everything that he does is really calculated. And he he moves as if I don't know I don't know how to put it. I don't know how to even put it. It's like a pianist playing piano with with no exertion, just um um going through the notes. And I think that's what he did during the during the game. He just flowed through the game very very well. And apart from let's say he's chill well, having a standout performance, I think he would be our second, um, probably second or third standout performance because he. He was just amazing. The way he took the ball on, the way he um, beat his players, the way he 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 laid passes on and all that. He was just fantastic. Plus, winning the penalty in the second half was just um, it was it was just fun to see. There's something about his play that it's just like a therapeutic set a session. You just see him play and you are just relaxed. He's on the ball and you are just you are calm because you, in the first half especially, I didn't see. Anyone dispossessing. When we came back from the second half, yeah, I saw one or two players dispossessing. But in the first half, when he had the ball, nobody could dispossess him because he he played in a cool and calm, like a relaxed manner. Even though the defenders were on him, they just come and then he just dribbles them. And it was just it was just amazing to see. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it seems like we haven't seen something like that. That that amazing that, that decision making and the just the fact the balls just glued to his feet. I don't think we've ever seen, we've seen something like that really since Hazard. In a way, it just kind of gave me those Hazard vibes in a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, like you see, with Hazard, you were very confident that when he had the ball, nobody could take, nobody could take it away from him. It's the same thing we have, we also feel with um, Havertz. Probably Havertz doesn't have the the skill to drive through um, low block defense like Hazard. I think that one falls with Pulisic, but Havertz Havertz has that kind of composure, that calm composure. When he has the ball, no one can take it off him. And that is very similar to Hazard. And it's crazy that the guy is only 21 years old and it's and he's just, he looks like pretty much a world-class player. Or, or yeah, I mean, to me, he does. He looks amazing. So it's, it's, it's crazy that he's only going to get better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he reminds me a bit of um, Ellie Messi. Not... Not the skillful, not not the skillful aspect, but like the early messy days where you know that, like 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 we have that the early messy days when you know that when this guy has the ball, nobody can take it away from him, and 
he just uses that kind of um, um, skill. Even though he's not, like I said, he's not skillful like Hazard in beating defenders and breaking through defenses, but that composure he has on him, about him when he when he has the ball, is just, is there, is there, is just there. It really is. And aside from Havertz, the goal, I mean, a lot of our goals relied on crosses, I think, as well, but Chilwell one was, I, th- I can't remember if it was Aspi or Hudson Odoi that put in the cross, but then Tammy flicked over. I can't remember. If it, I, I think it was Tammy. It may have been the Palace defender that the cross kind of rebounded off the back of, and then it fell straight to Chilwell, and then fantastic, uh, fantastic um, volley from Chilwell for yeah, sure. D- yeah, that was an amazing strike. I think. Um, um uh the 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 palace i have to i have to start learning this place there i think i have to start remembering their names because i remember their names were doing the game but i don't write anything down then when i'm talking i just space out on their name but the palace defender was supposed to clear it um hatsunodoi tried beating him and um he 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 lost possession and the palace defender was supposed to clear it but he didn't there was some uh, miscommunication between the two of them and then the ball was loose, and then Has- um, Aspi tried to take a shot. But I think it ricocheted off one of the um, Palace defenders and fell straight to... Uh, what was the name? I think, yeah, I think it was... Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, it, it ricocheted onto the head of Tammy, and Tammy headed it. I think he headed it backwards to um, Chihuahua. I don't know whether it was intentional or not, but he kind of headed it backwards to Chihuahua or something like that. And... Just it was. Tracked, yeah, just tracked the ball in. And that strike was fantastic. I don't think Guaita had any chance of saving that ball. It was just... It was, it was a, a lot. Yeah, it was Alonso-esque. <laughs> it was, it was. Yeah. Alonso has underrating volley, underrated volleying as well, so it's, yeah, it was good to see. And, and Chilwell put in a good cross as well for Zuma's goal. It was a, a nice, head, decent header from Zuma as well. Yeah, yeah, that was also a, a very, very fantastic goal. Chilwell's performance yeah. throughout the game was just—it was just amazing to see. It was—he was on his game. He knew. You see, the thing that the good thing about Chilwell, and I think Lampard also—that um, was one of the reasons why Lampard also wanted him was because he was already used to the Premier League. He already knew how to play in the Premier League. He knew um, how difficult it was. He knew how how much of um, uh, pressure it was. He knew how difficult it was. I think he even said at the end of the. Um, the game he was interviewed and I think he said that he hasn't played in the other leagues but he knows um the premier league is a little bit different from the other from the other league so he was even saying that players like Havertz and Werner still need time to be able to adjust properly to that league and I think he already knows the league so that's also a plus for him indeed yeah it's it just seems like it, it I don't know it's weird like most of the defenders nowadays when you shell out 50 million on them it seems like, I don't know, maybe it's a cursed fee, but lots of 50 million defenders team, seem to flop nowadays. So it's, it's refreshing to see that we, ha- we haven't actually overspent. And yeah, really happy for the guy. And then Jorginho too, with putting, putting in some decent penalties, not missing, yeah. missing gladly. <laughs> After, yeah. I think that was his first miss in, against Liverpool in his career, or I think at least Chelsea career. Uh, yeah, I think that was that was his first miss in the Premier League for us, and because he has already he had already missed in the Carabao final against City, 
So I think that was the second that was the second time he missed for Chelsea, but that was the first time in the Premier League. And then the the funny thing about that penalty was I think after he took that penalty, I think Bruno Bruno Fernandez was interviewed about how he took his penalties and he said um he doesn't understand why people think it's an easy thing to do, but it's difficult. It's that that kind of technique is very difficult to achieve. And then the next penalty he took, he didn't he didn't do the hop and skip technique. He just blasted into the net. Bruno did that. <laughs> and it, it was just funny for me to see because I think he didn't want to risk it again. But I think he would do it again. That that um I've never been a fan of that technique, to be honest. I've never been a fan of Jorginho's penalty technique. I've never been a fan of it. But it's always good to see it go in. I've never been a fan yeah. of it because I felt I felt like definitely somebody will be able to figure it out. Somebody will be able to do something about it. I think I said it in um the Liverpool review that I remember Hazard also had a particular way of taking penalties, a cool, calm, collected way of taking penalties when he started for Chelsea. But at the moment he missed one, he started blasting it into the net. And I think, you see, I don't know what I noticed, but with the penalties Jorginho took today, there was some power behind the shot. He still did the hop and skip, but there was some power behind the shot. And I think that was the reason why he missed against Liverpool. The power behind the shot wasn't enough. He would have scored if if he had added more power to the shot. So the same hop and skip technique, but the power the, the power added to the shot was I think was the factor. So probably from now on and then he will he will just improve. I wouldn't mind seeing that same um hop and hop hop and skip thing, but I'm not a fan of it. But if he scores then it's all it's all it's all good. It's a risky one for sure. Like yeah, I in the the ones that he's been that he's missed or it's been saved, I think he it was the Capital one. It was the uh, cup final a couple of years ago where Edison got it, and then the Allison one last month. And it's just it only happens when he the keeper stays central and then Jorginho doesn't put enough power on it, and he or he doesn't put it in the corner enough, and yeah, that's when yeah. that, that that's when uh, that's the only time that it's that's the only way that it's possible for him to miss. But yeah. yeah, I'm sure you'll learn from it. Let's yeah, let's, yeah. Let's move think, on. Sorry, one last. You got sorry, Yeah, I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask what you thought about the Abraham couple with the penalty. I was going to get into that when we talked about the uh, Abraham ratings, but uh, Abraham's okay, ratings. Okay. Let's, let's okay. um. Yeah. We, we, let's let's save the reader. Then, we, uh, then the, the, yeah. Then we then then we can. I think we can wait. We can wait till then. Yeah, sure. But before we get to Abraham, let's let's go. We're going to go through the ratings of the man of the match, and we'll start from the back. So, so what was your take overall on Mendy's performance uh, today? Yeah, like should we give should we give a number or we just um... uh, let's go with the rate. Sorry, I refra- I phrased that a bit wrong. I think. <laughs> Um, let's go with um, how if you were going to rate Mendy's performance and maybe justify it, but not uh, not so long because sorry because for our listeners, I I don't want you to have a three hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Although it would probably be a lot of fun for us, but yeah, I. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's go with um, if you were going to rate. Read. And uh, but you can justify it, but not so much. Or yeah, you can justify it. Yeah. yeah. So with Mendy, 
like he didn't really have a uh, he didn't really have a uh, a busy game though. So I give I, I give him a six. Be- not not because it's a low. The six was my lowest um, uh, rating that I gave any. I, I gave I gave out six because he wasn't really challenged challenged and he wasn't really disturbed that much. But there was one shot. There was one shot or cross that came in. I don't remember who it was. I think it was from Zaha, and he 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 cleared his lines and he he saved that shot and he did very well in that. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I remember exactly the one you're talking about. I think it was Zaha. You put in the cross. Like, it wasn't really a shot, but it, was, it wasn't a good cross, but it was still threatening. So uh, it, it was a good thing for it was a good thing from him. And I, I'm going to go a six and a half just because he kept he, he didn't really have much to do, but he did keep the clean sheet. But then again, Palace, they didn't even have a shot on target technically. So uh, Palace were really, I think <laughs> if the re- if, if we haven't mentioned it already, let's just say yeah, Palace exactly. attacking today. They were awful, but you could attribute that down to our defence being just really, really solid today. But yeah, let's. Sh- so speaking of the defence, let's yeah, yeah, uh, let's to the rating of the defence and let's let's save Chilwell to last <laughs> and go with um Asby. How would you? Uh, I mean. For me, it was typical Aspie performance. How how did you find it? Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree that it was a car Aspie performance, no fault, um, nothing extraordinary. But he just did his work. He just his work along the wing. When, like I said, when I when I saw him starting ahead of um, James, I was a bit surprised. But he still offers a, a much a much secure, like he does. Um, Mistakes less often. He hardly he hardly does mistakes. Uh, I I don't remember the last match. I know he has done mistakes in the past, but I, I can't point to any match recently that he has any mistakes at the back. But with with Reese, Reese is also sometimes a bit confident at the back, but he also he also tend to make his mistakes, and that's that's um probably normal because he's younger and less experienced than Atiba. Aspie was very, very solid today, moving forward. And there were sometimes he was in the box. Like, for example, with Chilwell's goal, he was the one that took the first shot that ricocheted onto, um, from the defender and onto Chilwell. So he was solid. He was solid at the back. He was keeping um, Zaha quiet time. And I, I think because of him, we didn't even see Ayu throughout the whole game. He was, he was practically kept Ayu out of the game. Ayu was one of the few, I think, according to Skoka, Ayu was one of the few, was one of the um, Palace players that had a few touches in the game, and that was thanks to Aspi. I give him a 7. I think, yeah, that's a very fair rating. I, I would go with a 7 as well. I mean, we've seen in recent weeks, and I thought even today, that um, Ayu, uh, I mean, Ayu and Eze, they've done well for Palace over the past couple of weeks. Especially Eze, he's been, I mean, I thought even today, Eze actually played okay. In the yeah. second half, though, to get away from Asby, he was pretty much dropping to more of a cam or central midfield position because just there's, there's just no way past Asby. So it was it was a trademark Asby performance, getting forward, doing the right things uh, in attack, and then also being defensively solid. And yeah, we're we're just so lucky to have a player like him uh, that you could just when we need a bit more defensive uh, reinforcement at the back. 
can just throw him in there and he'll do he'll be pretty consistent as well that's something that it's it's not underrated i think everyone knows it <laughs> but it's just it's a great thing to have moving to the left uh, i mean it was a much better i mean less controversial game from Thiago Silva compared to his debut against West Brom. But how would you rate uh, Thiago Silva's performance tonight or today? Yeah, he, him, him and Zuma were fantastic at the back. They were solid. Not, nothing was going through them. I think, was, I think apart from the Zaha chance that he had, I don't think he, um, Christopher Lewis had any chances. Their set, pieces, their set pieces were headed out. Their crosses were blocked. Everything was just um, solid at the back. So I gave him a seven. I gave um Silva a seven, just like asking. I, I felt like he had a good game, nothing extraordinary, but he did pretty well with some solid tackles and and some solid clearance and some um good surprisingly good balls um forward and that was that was nice. I was gonna say that as well actually. I'm glad you noticed it as well. Like his passing, um also I think in this game he was played against West Brom he was played on the left side and he's that's not the side that he's very comfortable on. Uh, that it's not the side that he's played uh, with PSG for. Normally, he has Kimbembe to the left of him, and he plays at right centre back. And tonight, we saw him at right centre back with Zuma. And I gotta say, I totally agree with, especially the passing point. He he just tries some passes that and pulls them off that we don't really. I don't know. We're kind of used to the cross field ball, but he he's very good at his over like passing essentially getting the ball over the Palace defensive line. He did that uh, a couple of times and pulled it off uh, every time or pretty much every time. It was really good to see. Yeah. And it's it, it, That experience he has just, it just radiates basically when you, you can see it so easily. So yeah, I, I'm yeah. going to give him a seven as well. He was um, class act today. And then... Yeah, also, um, also, also I want to add that I'm just so grateful. I'm just. I just thank God that we finally stopped passing our uh the, the those backwards passes that we did we used to do at the beginning of the season when Kepa was in goal to pass to Kepa and Kepa passes to the defender and we start our play. It seems like the introduction of Thiago Silva has stopped that because instead of going back a lot, we moved forward. So yeah, I think that was that's also part of his passing ability. He doesn't he doesn't have to send it to the defender. At, for the um start the attack. He's the one or, or to build up play. He's the one actually starts it instead of sending the pass. So there are less mistakes that to happen from the the them goalkeeper. Indeed, yeah, it's we don't want to force mistakes but I thought I mean Mendy's passing was long passing was okay, but it's when I yeah, so I don't really have anything much to add on that, but yeah, it was it was nice to see how direct we were today as well. Moving a bit to the left of Thiago Silva, we're going. And um, how would you have rated Zuma's performance? I thought. I mean, obviously, well, I think we'll give him high rating because of his goal and all. But how would you yeah. rate his? Yeah, I think I think um him and Silva were similar in performance, but Coffee's goal, I'll give him an eight. That 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 was a well. Before that, he had a cross that he headed wide, and I think he wanted to make make amends from a corner. And he wanted to make amends for that, um, that chance that he wasted, and he buried the second goal. And I was, it was fun to see. The thing I love about Zuma is that he's not he he's not that kind of defender who, um, decides to, um, 
as they sort of clearing the lines, he decides to dribble the the okay, yeah, he he had one one moment against Ajax that he was suddenly Ronaldinho, but he's not that kind of um, defender. You see, when he when he's met, when he's met with a um, a problem or something, he just clears his, he just clears the ball out, and I love that about him. He's always safe than sorry, and uh, yeah. Yeah, he had a solid performance. It's the same things I said with Silva, the same thing applies. But yeah, because of his, I gave him an eight. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sorry, to our viewers, I'm sorry that I am not offering too much of a different opinion. But I can't, I can't disagree with Ahmad saying it's just all spot on. I give him an eight as well. It's, it's just, I mean, his positioning as well. I think it really compared to Rudiger and Christensen, without they'll find themselves out of position or they'll make a mistake. You just you rarely see Kudzuma out of position and he always does the right thing and he always plays it safe, like you say. So it's just such a great player to have in the team. And he's not older as well. He's going to get better to even better, hopefully. So it's, yeah, I really, I, I was really happy with his points too. Because we've already, I mean, we've kind of gone over Chilwell already, but I mean, so, but you can still justify your rating, but just less so because let's, we'll try and, Move up the field a bit, but how would you rate Chilwell's performance today? Pretty obvious, but yeah, yeah, Chilwell. I nearly gave him a ten out of ten, but I decided to give him a nine because it wasn't a ten would be for like a spectacularly good performance, but nine was just good. He had a goal and an assist on his Premier League debut. Fantastic. Yeah, so I gave him a nine. Honestly, yeah, that's it's totally fair. He was the man of the match. He he kicked off. I mean, he was the he was he scored the most important goal, breaking through, getting the first one. After we scored the first goal, we just looked so confident, and it was fine to get the second, third, and fourth. So I'm gonna give him a nine and a half because I genuinely don't think he could have done much else. Like, uh, right, there was he just he did pretty much everything right today, and he was really really important in. He played. He played a huge role in getting a win that was just so important. So it's a bit, uh, it's a bit of heart in, in this rating, but I'll give him a nine and a half. And then moving further forward, let's go with. Um, firstly, let's go Jorginho. How I mean, got a couple of penalties in there. Nice, nice stat padding right there. <laughs> but how would you, um, how would you rate Jorginho today? Yeah, I, I, I give him a seven as well. Because, yeah, the the penalties. The penalties won were probably recredited to Kai, and because he wasn't part of winning those penalties, but he was, he was calm and collected behind the ball, and he, he, he slotted home those balls, and he scored both goals. So he had a solid performance. Also, he was he's, he was surprisingly um, um, strong in in his tackles. He didn't lose possession often. He was winning possession more. And yeah, I think he did very, very well today. He also did, well, plus his two goals. So I gave him a seven. Yeah, it's fair. He was um, he was doing all the things that he expected you know, to do, winning the ball, distributing it. Uh, I'm going to go a bit higher for me. I thought he was, I mean, there are normal Jorginho performances where he's, I mean, he's kind of good. He's a bit slow. He positions himself not so well. to, but And then that kind of shook like shows how paceless he really is i thought today he was just i mean i was so happy with him i thought i don't know he's just 
you would get, I mean, I think Mendy would pass quite the ball, pass, sorry, he would drop back and then Mendy would play the ball to him a couple of times and he would come out and just start our attacks. And I was just, I don't know, he does it a lot in normal, uh, in games normally, but I don't know. Today it just felt, it just felt like Jorginho at his best today, aside from, even aside yeah. from the for me at least. I mean, so I think I'll give him an eight, just that's, uh, I can't remember. I mean, how many tackles or interceptions he put in, but I just felt like he was always in control. And when Jorginho is always in control, he's always playing well. So it's and yeah, today I thought he was great. So I'll give him an eight, but I think even a seven is a totally fair is a fair rating. And moving yeah. to his partner today, um, Kante. How I mean, uh, what did you think of him today? Yeah, Kante like as typical performance. You you know you know what to expect from those. Two. Rarely do they do mistakes, and rarely do they have a bad game. But um, he was also he was also spectacular in the midfield, as usual, winning winning tackles, um, spreading spreading play. And uh, I see the thing is the thing is Kante is he always acts as that fit man in defense, uh, and I love it. Today we saw a lot of that from him, and he was ex- he was excellent on the ball. So I'll give, I gave him an eight. But it was unfortunate that he went out with a tie. With a, I think it came out that he had a tie streak. I just hope it's not serious because you seriously need him in the in the team this season. You could see last season how we suffered without him. So I just hope it's not a long-term thing. He can return um, quickly. Yeah, oh, I, I, did, I hadn't heard about that, so I'm a little bit worried. But I, I do hope, I mean, he has got two weeks, so... Uh, of recovery with no playing unless he does get called up for the French team so we can hope that he doesn't get overused for them and he can just come back uh, fit and healthy I didn't notice, I don't know, maybe it's just me, I didn't have so much time, I don't know, I just wasn't looking at Kante's performance too much but mainly I, I don't know it's just that kind of performance where he's under the radar, he's winning balls over and you kind of just you stop noticing it because you're getting you're getting yeah. so to his level, <laughs> and yeah, it's, exactly yeah, for sure. But I'll give him a seven because, or I'll give yeah I'll give him a seven because to me I I didn't it's it's my fault at least he I mean he, he made some good dribbles did some good uh did things that you expect Kante to do but and so yeah it's just a solid performance from him so I'll give him a seven. Now we'll get into the attack. <laughs> And we'll go firstly we'll go with um the man at the moment, the all the rumors are on him right now and how would you how, how did you think Hudson Odoi got on today? Yeah, I, Odoi in the first half he was he was very, very lively, he was very, very active, but I felt like most of his um runs were um didn't result in much. In the second half he was much more improved, much more solid, and much more composed on the ball and he, like I said, he had a cross that nearly resulted in the um, resulted in a goal by Tommy, and then his 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 hard work was what even led to Joel's goal in the beginning. I gave him a seven. I gave him a seven. No, I'll, I'll give him a seven point five. Five. But I think he did very very well today, and he he kind of like um, proved why he needs to start and he needs to stay instead of going to buy me. 
Yeah, I agree. It's um, he was especially in the second half. He raised his level, and he just offered he offered today as well the that one v one ability that no one really else in, in that lineup really has. So it's just it's very refreshing to see, other than just spamming crosses all the time. And yeah, it was good to see. And yeah, we just I really hope we don't let him go to Bayern as well. It's uh, it would be a travesty, and also with having only two proper wingers, it's. It would be a bit worrying, and I'll give him a seven as well. I didn't think. I mean, the first half he was a bit average. I thought oh, maybe not average, but just didn't really stick out so much. Not too many great contributions. And in the second half he was he really turned it on. But I do really want to see him get a bit more clinical. Like his shots, he's not very good at finding the corner with his shots. At least in most of the game, in the shots I see him take, and I really hope he. I mean, he's only nineteen years old. He'll get better in it, but. If he can do that, honestly, he could be. He will be amazing. He'll be really, really amazing. But he's got so much time to develop. He's only nineteen. Moving to a bit to the central position. I mean, Kai Havertz today. He he seemed like he ran the show in attack. Yeah, he did. I think um, probably apart from the Bansley game, which is which is definitely a Carabao game, um, a League Cup game. Probably his best performance for Chelsea in the Premier League because finally he's playing in his position and you could clearly see that he was very, very comfortable in the, in the number 10 role. He was, he was just composed. I think we spoke enough about him. He was, he was. He was really, really composed on the ball and he just had this aura of just um, confidence and he was, he was just sure of him. He knew his talents and he executed his stack very, very well. So yeah, I gave him an eight because I think he was one of our standout performers. That's fair. I, I think I'll agree with you on that one. He, without getting a goal or assist, he still influenced the game hugely with his uh, great. I mean, I, I'm sorry, I keep repeating, but yeah, his decision making and his intelligence is just combined with his dribbling. He, he technically, he technically had an assist. Sorry for. He technically had an assist with the penalty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's he seems just he seems to be such a natural with with putting the ball through players' legs and yeah, he just influenced the game so much today. And that number ten spot just looks his just looks his. It belongs to him. And so yeah, I can't I just can't wait to see what we can what we're gonna see from him for the rest of the season. And I'll give him an eight as well. He he was just. Real class act, same as um, I think it's fair to give him the same as Jorginho for me. And then ha- moving a bit to the left again, I mean, it was a frustrating day for Werner again. We didn't quite see that clinical finishing, or uh, yeah, I mean, we saw a bit of. I think there were a couple of times he would chase down the ball and he really showed his pace. But would you say again that it just wasn't his day today? Yeah, I think you said it earlier in the podcast that. He needs time. He definitely needs time. It's, it's, it's longer than we expected, but like I think I, I tweeted out or I think I posted somewhere that he really, really, really needed Especially The first half just proved that we really, really needed a, a pre We needed a pre for Lampard to be able to see what works for the players to be able to integrate very, very, the new players to be able to integrate well with the team. It just looks like we are now playing, we are playing a preseason within the league. This first few games feel like uh, they are preseason games. We we 
he's one of the players that would have benefited a lot because he would have Lampard would have known where exactly to play him, where exactly worked for him, and he too he would have known what um his roles were quicker and then all those. Yeah, unfortunately, he wasn't. You see, the the thing about Werner is this: Werner brings two things to the table. He's hardworking off the ball. He's very, very hardworking. He falls back a lot to defend. Um, um, tries to win tackle. Tries to um lay, um, passes off fellow um players to open attack or to open defenses. And then two, he scores goals. But so far, we've only seen the first part, and we've not seen the latter. And the latter to take time for him. But unfortunately, today wasn't. I give him a six. Yeah, I'll give him a six as well. I think it's. Oh, no, I'll go five and a half just because he really should. He got played one time through and from Havertz, and he really should have done better. Yeah, than yeah. In the he corner. That. It's, it is going to take time. We can all see that there's a great player in there, and he's not, he's not failing. He's not missing loads of chances. It's just. He's gonna goals are gonna take time for him, but I'm sure I think everyone knows once once the goals start coming that it's not gonna stop, <laughs> and he's gonna just be he'll be he'll eventually get I, I I completely trust him to get to the numbers that or get close at least to the numbers that he's got in Germany. He's just gonna need some yeah. time, say, to adjust, and he's playing out technically a bit out of position. I mean, a left winger in a a left winger in a 4-2-3-1, he's never really played there, so it's uh, it's going to take time for him to adjust and for sure get goals eventually. I'll give him a, yeah, I think a five and a half just because he should have done better with that one chance. Now, moving to the strike position, we said before we would we would also talk about the penalty. Do you think, I mean, was it right for Tammy Abraham to go up to Jorginho and kind of at demand that he should t- have taken the penalty? Yeah, um, I wanna say I wanna say it was right or wrong. I think he has he has every right to go and ask for the penalty if he wants to take it. He has every right to go and tell to ask Jorginho to um to give it to him. But the way he reacted when he didn't get the and I think it, it affected his mood throughout the game. You clearly see that it affected his mood throughout the game. Even when um um Jorginho scored, you could see he celebrated with him, but you could see on his face that he, he was. A, you wanted that, and yeah, I I don't know, and I love how Aspi handled that situation. He stepped in and he just gave the ball to Jorginho. Jorginho is our penalty taker, so no matter what, Jorginho is um, definitely supposed to. Take it. We, I even I even wanted personally, I even wanted Vena to take it, but Vena didn't go near. Um, it's 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 understandable for Tammy to try and um call the second one to take the second one because he won the first one so it's probably um fair to give him a shot to score the second one but I don't know um it wasn't it wasn't a good look for Tommy because he's not as we have a even I think yeah. after Jorginho it's, just, it's it's Verna it's not Tommy so even if Jorginho doesn't take it Verna is supposed to so I don't know why he was there in the first he has a right to do that, and I, I I don't blame him for that. Yes, when you're a striker, you have this obsession for goals, and I can totally understand Tammy's frustration at not being able to score, at not having the opportunity to take the penalty, especially when he won the first penalty. But at the end of the day, like you say, it's 
we have a designated penalty taker for a reason and because he's so amazing at penalties. And the designated penalty taker, it, it doesn't apply just for the first penalty. It applies for all of them. So it's like, just let him do it. And Tammy will get, Tammy will, I'm sure, will get his chance. So I'm sure the goals will come to him. I didn't catch... And also, also, sorry. sorry. I, also, I also feel like um, they really haven't developed a rapport between themselves to be able to be to be able like to be comfortable in taking decisions like this because I feel like because they are all young, um, Jorginho seems a bit older, but he's also relatively young, and so it seems like they really haven't um, gelled well together. I, I remember the days of Zuma. Sorry, I remember the days of Drogba, Lampard, Bala. There wasn't really any debate when it came to penalty. Like they knew Lampard if he had two penalties. Lampard would play one, Drogba would play one. If he had Tesla, sometimes Balak would play. I hardly saw any um, squabbles when it came to penalty. You see, you could see that they had an understanding that, okay, Balak would take this and Drogba would take this time. Um, even though Lampard was a designated penalty taker, we had other, there were sometimes Anelka also took penalty and all that. So I don't think it's the same now because it's like it's fixed. That if Jorginho is playing, he's going to play. He's going to take the penalty. Like last season, when William is playing, William is going to take the penalty. But I think there should be an understanding between them already, so that they will know that okay, they wouldn't be so goal hungry. They'll be like, okay, I've taken the first penalty. Let me give it to take. Let me give it to Venet. Like that mentality should be there, like how it was in the past. But probably because morally, I'm old school. But I just think it should be like that. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like we should go back to the days where if you want a, if you want a penalty, you take the penalty. I think that would be even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's part of me wishes that too. It also kind of gave the vibes of the uh, Champions League game last year where Barkley took the penalty but and, and, hit the, and missed when Willian was like harassing him for about a couple of minutes, just saying, oh, do you really want to take the penalty? And then and then even though Jorginho was still on the pitch, it kind of gave me those vibes, but it was great to see that Azpi came on and and uh, yeah. communicated clearly. We, we, within the past, we felt like we'd missed that, so it was good to see. Now, as we, I think we're going to end on, so we're going to finish review or reviewing this game and look a bit to a bit what's ha- look at what's happened with Chelsea outside of our fixtures and look to the future. But before we do that, um, Amart, if you had to pick a man of the match, who would you have picked? Clear answer, Chilwell. Yeah. He's spoken, he's spoken a lot about him, so I don't want to go deep into it, but I think he had the best performance. I agree. It's, it was a complete performance from him. He barely put a foot wrong. And goal and assist, the opening goal too, it was a perfect day for him. So We didn't rate, we, we didn't rate Tommy. I gave, I gave him a 6, a 6.5. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, I'll give Tammy a six as well. It was um, he had some very good, uh, yeah, well, not interaction. He had some very good involvements in the play, uh, doing some good uh, knockdowns for Chilwell to get his goal, and just uh, yeah. In general, I thought his hold up play was decent tonight. Is it's a I th- I don't know. I find his heading is a bit of a weakness of his. He doesn't hit the ball so well, but um, as long as he's improving on it, like he clearly is today. Um, I'm really happy for him, so I'm going to give him a six as well. It definitely wasn't a bad day for him, and if he had got scored a penalty, I probably would have given him a seven or an eight. But uh, I was happy for him. 
So that concludes our ratings for today. I think we're going to move on a bit and talk about what the Champions League draw and looking ahead to our international break. Now, Amar, so it looks like so we've drawn Sevilla, uh, um, Krasnodar. I think they're a day. I, I think it's a Russian team. I can't remember. I think it's a Russian team. And Ren. So ha- what are your thoughts on, on getting those teams? Hello? Mom, uh, Amart? I can't hear you. Um, I'm out, I can't really hear you. Yeah. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. I think you just dropped out a bit. Yeah, I, I was... I yeah, so like I was saying, it's, it's technically, um, on paper, it's supposed to be one of the easiest groups on paper because they are more difficult groups in the team. In the in the in the in the group stages, but this is Chelsea. We we never know with Chelsea. We never know the kind of Chelsea that that comes play. But if we continue playing like how we play today, and this is the reason why I don't like the international break because it just cuts or slows down any moment because it looks like we're building something with this game, and then international break just comes after a lot of. Time. But if we continue playing like how we did today, dominating the game and taking our chances, this game, this this um group should be easy to win. Probably Sevilla might give us the um toughest defense, but I think Krasnodar. I'm not really seeing much about Krasnodar, and I haven't seen much of much of Ren or as well. So, but it's crazy. We took Mendy from Ren, and now he's going to face this old team, and that. That'll be very, very interesting to see. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's, it, it's. I think no group in the Champions League is truly easy, unless your name is Bayern Munich. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, with all the players that um, we've got so many ex- Champions League experienced players in our team now, compared to last year at least. It's yeah, we should really be winning. Uh, I mean, I would like to think we'd win the group, but. You never know, we might have some upsets at some point. And Sevilla, so they always want to try and get third anyway so they can go into the Europa League. <laughs> Europa League. <laughs> yeah, they got to get that Europa League. So, yeah, it's... um. Yeah, yeah they're, probably, they're probably tired of winning the Europa League now. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fun one. I can't wait to have Champions League back at, the, at Chelsea and uh, especially with all these world-class players that all these Champions League experienced players we have. So it's going to be a fun one, and at least yeah. we uh, didn't avoid. We at least we avoided the group of death that Man United have got. Eh? <laughs> oh, that, that group! <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, and man, I don't know. Probably um, Paris Saint Germain is coming for a revenge after being after United knocked them out like last year. So, and then they have lives there, and then Istanbul, Basak um, yeah. So I don't know. Their 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 group their group is very very difficult very very difficult. Yeah, at least if we don't get out of ours, I hope Man United don't get out of theirs. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be no. yeah. we'll definitely get out of ours because uh, ours on paper is an easy 
easy easy group. Uh, we need to we need to at least finish second or we if we can't finish first we need and I hope we finish first so we can get a good draw for the round so if we finish second we might meet a tough opposition so just hoping we finish first. Yeah just like last uh, just like last year. But yeah, yeah that's what we can't, we can't wait for that. The first game is on the 20th of October, but before then, we've got the international break. Yay! <laughs> exactly, right? We don't want it. It's not coming at a good time for us, but it means that by the time it comes back, we got, we'll have everyone, hopefully, will be fighting fit. But yeah, we'll um looking forward to the international break for sure. I think uh, Ziek has apparently been called up for the Morocco team. So... Uh, yeah. Very, very worried about that. Yeah, he's not so good. I think um, are you happy for sh- to see like Mount and Tammy Abraham get re- called back again to the England team? Yeah, I think it's, it's good for them career-wise. It's good for their individual careers and I think it's something that they they, 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 they take a lot of pride in playing for the national team. So it's good for them, but for Chelsea, I'm just praying that they come back Without injuries, that's all. If they come up without injuries, I think that will be a win. I think that was one of the reasons why um, Lampard didn't play ZS um, today. Because ZS was supposed to return because he trained um, for the sake and the team over the week. He was supposed to return, but I'm very, very sure that Lampard just wants to show to the, sorry, show to the Moroccan um, team that he's not ready, so the Moroccan coach that he's not really ready to play. So I don't know, and he's their star player, he's their main man. So if they leave him out, that will be very difficult. The same with Kanti after going out with an injury today, and um, we don't know whether he might play or not. But he's also one of their main people to start. So just hoping they come back without injuries, like with the the previous international break, no one came back with. I'm just hoping it's the same this time. I agree. Yeah, that's um, that's the main aim. It's really, and it's well for sure. We'll be looking at a few. In our next episode, we'll be reviewing some of the performances from England team, the Germany team. Probably, we'll be looking at um, uh, ZX performances, Pulisic probably as well. I can't remember if he has any. Uh, if he'll be playing for the American team, if they have any international friendlies. But that's all to come on the CFC Talk podcast in the next couple of weeks. And I think finally we're gonna. I think we're coming towards the end of this podcast now. And before we do end, I wanted to firstly do some shout outs. First, I mean, there's a couple of guys on here who the work I think it goes a bit unnoticed with. And those guys are for sure Adam and Devan. Like, you guys, you do a fantastic job with your edit, edits, and it's. Like the quality that you really output is, it's it's amazing, really. So I'm really happy that we have you guys on the CFC Talk uh, team, and it's long may it continue for sure. And also Mohammed as well, who's sadly not here, but he'll be. Uh, I'm sure in a couple of weeks he'll be back, and we'll have more interesting questions and funny takes, and most importantly, very smooth transitions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll have him back in a couple of weeks. But shout out to him for sure. Right before before we end on that, and before we end on this podcast for today, am I? Is there anything else you'd like to? Any, anything you've found that you'd like to talk about? No, no, not really. Um, we won, so 
Twitter was less, less toxic this time, so nothing yeah, to say interesting. about. <laughs> interesting, Mount didn't even uh, come off the bench. I think that's the only third time in his whole Chelsea career so far that he's not played or, or even come on as a sub. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, pretty interesting. But hopefully after the international break we'll we'll see him we'll see him back and uh, hopefully I mean I hope he gets some minutes for England but hopefully he'll get some long and rest as well and we'll see a fully fresh mount against Southampton. Yeah. Right. I I think we're gonna call it on that one and um I once again I'd really like to thank Hamart again, mate. It's it's been a blast having you on here tonight and it's it's always great to talk about a Chelsea win and yeah, this was a really fun one for me, and I hope it was for you. Yeah, it was. But likewise, the same thing. I just it's always a blast to be on. I just love talking to Chelsea with you guys. Mohammed is not around, but I just love talking to Chelsea with you. And yeah, always fun to talk about it, especially when we win. Exactly. It was a good night. It was a good one to record. All right. And on that note, I'd like to thank you again, the listener, for if you have got to the end of this podcast. If you do get to the end of this, you are you're an absolute legend, <laughs> and just be just keep looking forward to the content that we're going to be putting out over the next couple of weeks, and yeah, and so forth. We're going to be looking at the international break. We're going to do some. We're going to do a bit of a review of the Chelsea season so far, but and that's all to come in the next couple of weeks. And right, so we're going to end on that one. And I'd like to thank thank you again, the listener, for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye. Ta-da. Bye.